Our gospel reading for this morning comes from the book of Acts, um, 16 verses, actually 6 through 15. They went through the region, oh, I'm sorry, they went through the region of Phygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come opposite Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man in, of Macedonia, pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia to, and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We therefore set sail from Troas and took, them, or, and took a straight course to Samothrace. The following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the woman who had gathered, women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to the faithful or to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home, and she prevailed upon us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, use your servants' lips, your people's ears and hearts, that today as they are joined together, the seed of your word might be planted and brought forth with a resurrection joy. Amen and amen. So Paul is out on a journey. It's a big journey. You see here the Mediterranean Sea. We have... Israel and Syria and Egypt down here. Uh, Our story today takes place uh, up over in the Macedonian region, and these are large distances here. So from Caesarea up up to Philippi here is about 750 miles, which is bad enough. If you are in a car, it's even worse. If you have to take a boat and wait on people to go here or there. So this is kind of a big picture. We'll, we'll zoom in to where Paul ends up starting off at Troas and Sementhrace and Neapolis is the uh, port city and then Philippi is about nine miles inland from the port city there of Neapolis and that is where our narrative takes place today and the reason that it takes place the reason for all of this is that people need the gospel 
We have been looking through the book of Acts. Our readings from Easter to Ascension are from the book of Acts, and we have been looking at how the gospel starts off among Jewish people, but then Peter and Paul both have this insight, this vision, this, this God-driven uh, calling to take the gospel beyond the Jewish people to all of the peoples of the world. And so what is this gospel? The gospel is simple. The gospel is an announcement of good news that is a gospel. The gospel is the announcement that in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, salvation comes to us, comes to Israel, and comes to the world. People need the gospel. Well, why do people need the gospel? Because without the gospel, we don't know if God loves us. The question, is there a God, and if there is a God, is God a loving God or not a loving God, is not one that is answerable positively without any knowledge. We don't know without the gospel if God loves us or not. Without the gospel, we don't know if there is forgiveness for sins. And all of us have uh, done things that we wish we hadn't done. All of us have lived lives that are imperfect and not in full tune with God's will for us. And we wonder, does this mean that we are finished? Does this mean that God is done with us and doesn't want anything to do with us? Without the gospel, we wonder if God is good. One of the more frightening thoughts I think a philosopher can have is, if there is a God, is God good or is God something besides good? Is God malevolent and is toying with us? Without the gospel, we don't know. We know that if there is a God, that, that God is, is above, beyond anything we can imagine, and, and we know that somehow we are not God. Every now and then people make the claims to be God, but then they try to control the weather and things, you know, get back down to earth again after that. There's a gap between us and God, and we don't know if that gap can be bridged apart from the gospel. Now, with the gospel, we learn that God is holy love. We learn that in his holiness, he calls out to us, he lovingly bids us to come and live abundant life, he lovingly wants us to grow in faith and hope and love. With the gospel, we understand the loving nature of God, and we hear the message that whatever it is that has been weighing on us for years, decades, can be confessed, and God is more interested in the relationship with us than he is in keeping track of our wrongs. With the gospel, we know God as perfectly good. We know God as self-giving. And we learn that the triune God himself bridges the gap between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and imperfect humanity. People need the gospel. That's what Peter said when, when he goes beyond the Jewish people and offers the gospel and the Holy Spirit is poured out upon the household where he is staying. 
That's what Paul is all about when he goes first to the Jewish people, but then he goes out all over the world. And if you look in the back of your Bible, you will see a map of Paul's missionary journeys, and you can see just all of the miles that he traveled in order to take this message beyond Syria-Palestine, throughout Asia, and even into Europe. Paul's missionary travels are Paul spending most of his post-conversion life traveling the world in order to share the good news. We see from our text today that God is at work. God is at work as they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come opposite Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of God did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, if you've got commentaries in your home, depending on the commentary, uh, many commentators get stuck on, how did Paul know this was a man from Macedonia? And some commentators say, well, Macedonians were known for their tall, lean structure or their particular, peculiar kind of dress. But I think this last line here gives it away. Come over to Macedonia and help us. And so... Paul does. Paul responds. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, And then from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. So God is at work. God is at work behind the scenes, keeping Paul and his companions out of Asia and offering Paul and his companions this compelling vision to go not only to Asia, but to Europe, to Philippi. Paul responds, and we respond. We respond to God's call, and and we recognize that just like Paul, we can't do all things, but we can do some things. We can't go all places, but we can go some places. And if our spirits are tuned in to the same frequency that God's spirit is tuning us into, then God will lead us to the place where we need to be. God will lead us to the place where we need to be. We're going to have district conference this afternoon, and one of the things we will hear about at district conference is our United Methodist Children's Home. In Kentucky, more children are abused and neglected than than almost anywhere else in the United States. And there are some great policies that can be put in place to keep that from happening, but the truth of the matter is that me, Chris Morgan, and you, we can't do all things. 
We can't be in each of those situations, but we can be in some of those situations. There are a lot of places where God would have us to go. Our volunteers in mission, for example. The places all throughout Kentucky where there have been flooding, all of the houses that were destroyed by the the tornadoes. The VIM team can't hit every one of those, but the VIM team can go to a few of those. Our spirits being tuned to the same frequency as God's spirit, God is at work. And God's at work again once Paul and his companions get to the place where they are going. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river where we supposed there was a place of prayer. If there are any Jewish people in a city in the ancient world, if there are enough, and if the congregation is wealthy enough, there'll be a synagogue. But if there aren't enough, or if it is an impoverished area, then a meeting place is down by the water's edge in order that water rituals may be observed. And so, going to Philippi, Paul and his companions think that if there is a group of Jewish people nearby, they'll find them down by the river. Makes me want to sing. This little light of mine, Jacob's already got me singing today, but now I want to sing, I went down by the river to pray, studying up a good old way, who can wear the Roman crown? Okay. All throughout history, people have gone to pray beside water, beside rivers, beside streams. We sat down and we spoke to the women who had gathered there, and a certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. Lydia is an intriguing character. Number one, she's named. She's named and there aren't men named in this story. She is an important person. She is an important person for the church, in the history of the church. She is an important person in society. She is a merchant in her own right, a dealer in purple cloth. The color purple in the ancient world was the color of royalty. It came from a sea snail and a gland at the back of the sea snail that was very hard to get. And so people would go and would, would deal in and traffic in this sea snail gland and would color things purple. The color of royalty, the color of those who were in charge. And Lydia, a worshiper of God a dealer in purple cloth, had her heart opened to listen eagerly to what Paul said. Now, did you catch that? The Lord opened her heart. Again, it starts with God. God is the one who prevents Paul from going to Asia but calls him to Europe. God is the one who opens the heart of Lydia and allows her to understand what Paul is saying. And then Lydia responds. She responds, number one, because she is in the right place at the right time. When she responds, 
God opens her heart and the family trees of everyone in her household are changed. She, her, her family, any servants who are associated with her household, all of these would have become Christians as a response to Lydia's conversion. And she shows hospitality to Paul and his companions. Now, remember, Peter got in trouble for interacting with Gentiles. Paul got in trouble for interacting with Gentiles. And then in Acts 15, we have this council that takes place where the Christians in Jerusalem say, Gentiles can come to faith. They don't have to become Jews. And here in the next chapter, we have Paul and his companions urged by a Gentile woman to stay in her house. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. She actually starts a church in her home. We see this at the end of the chapter after Paul is gone. He's gotten into some trouble. He's really good at getting into some trouble. He's always good at stirring people up. But, but he comes back through Philippi, and at the very end of this chapter, we see after leaving the prison where Paul ends up, they went to Lydia's home. And when they had seen and encouraged the brothers and sisters there, why? Because that's where the church was meeting in Philippi. The, the epistle to the Philippians happens because Paul and Lydia and his companions and her household come to faith in Jesus. They stop back by on their way out, and then they departed. You and I have the opportunity to respond to God. In our membership vows at church, as we, as we joined the United Methodist Church, we asked, we were asked to be faithful in our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, our witness. These are the things that God intends for us to offer to the church. There may not be a church that starts in your home like a church started in Lydia's home. You may not even start a Sunday school class, but you can be a faithful member of a Sunday school class. You might never preach the Word of God, but you can be a faithful student of the Word of God. You may make a joyful noise and never be up singing but you can praise God. You can offer your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. I've got two questions for you. The first is this. Has God opened your heart? God opened Lydia's heart so that she would understand the message of the gospel. Has God opened your heart? We can go a long time without asking God to open our hearts. We can be in the right places, but until our hearts are opened by God, we will not have the fullness of that which God intends for us. Abundant life, full life, whole life. Has God opened your heart? 
The second question is, are you guided by Jesus? There are places we can go. There are places we should avoid. There are places where God intends to use us, and there may be a hundred different places we might be used, but it's only by living with God's Spirit guiding us day by day, hour by hour. It's only living in these ways that we can be most effectively used by God, our Father. Does God open your heart? Are you guided by Jesus? Our lesson from Acts today shows Paul and his companions following the will of God. Our lesson today has Lydia, this extraordinary woman, whose heart is opened by God. Is yours? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we pray that you would guide us. We pray that you would direct us. And we pray that you would open our hearts. Sometimes we don't even know that our hearts are closed. Sometimes we don't even understand that you have more for us than we could ever imagine. Make us ready to follow your will and make us ready to be guided by your spirit whom you have generously given to us. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen.